I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I would a hundred percent make a cup of hot cocoa with marshmallows for Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, if you're out there. I got you. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977, tomorrow. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Um, I want more excitement over my pending birthday tomorrow. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Oops. So I should not be awaiting the UPS driver? Um, probably not tomorrow. Okay. All right. I'll but get then again, that. like, are you going to ship cash? Like, that's just weird. I mean, people used to do it all the time. <laughs> I'm not going to put any thought into it. So, yeah, the answer is yes. Um, Jen, I want to talk about a few things, some housekeeping. Okay. First is... We are going to be dropping, by by the time this airs, you've heard it, um, the Patreon episode of Love Boat that we did. So that is a sampler. We're putting it on the main feed. You should have heard it by now. If you like it and you want to hear more, that is the type of stuff that we're doing on our uh, Patreon feed. So you just go to patreon.com and look for Gen X This Is Why, and it'll walk you through the setup. You can also get um, a personalized RSS feed and put it right into whatever podcast player you're listening to, so nothing really changes for you. Um, I had another thing. Oh, a recommendation, Jen. Oh, let's hear it. I just finished Lalu Rich. Oh, you were telling me about this. Now, I don't know where I was while all this... Lula Rue, is that how you say it? Lula Rue? Lula Rue. Lula Rue. So it's Lula Rich. Is that the one that's closed? Yes. Okay. I don't know where I was when all of this was happening, but I seem to have missed it. Like, I've heard of it, and it was kind of in my peripheral vision, but it was not in my life. I didn't have anyone selling Lula Rue. I feel like at the time this happened, like, wasn't it in the aughts? It was, no, I want to say it was like, the height of it was like 2015, 2016. Oh, okay. But when did it start? I don't know. Because I feel like you weren't, wouldn't have been their target audience. You might be now. Um, People who buy soft leggies to wear, that would be me. Yeah, but wasn't it more like middle-aged people? Like, isn't it more like Lululemon's, like, group? I don't know. I don't know. You got to be real careful not to uh, lump them in with Lululemon. (laughs) 
No, <laughs> even though they have, I I have tons of Lululemon. I love their stuff. Yeah. No, this documentary is on Amazon. It has everything. Crazy Mormons who started it. <laughs> um, some dude who's boycotting Kelly Clarkson and is real angry and quotes Star Trek a lot. Wow. A lot of sadness. Um, some crazy culty stuff like the leader, Deanna, like running people into Mexico to get them bariatric surgery at a discount. It's got some real dark stuff. Like, literally? Yeah, and the the owners, Deanna and Mark, the Mormons, like, they're just cocky enough to agree to be in this thing because they don't think they're wrong. Wow. So, yeah. What are you doing? I'm holding a phone. I can't even see you at all now. I'm trying. You're not even on this. I don't even have you on the thing. So why? Why don't you want to look at me on my birthday? Because I have the description up that I have to read, and I only have one screen right now. Okay, I'm in an. All right. So I'm in a new recording situation. Hopefully, this will be the permanent home for recording. It's in my art studio. Because there is a major project happening at my new apartment. They're redoing the roof that our terraces sit on. And there's movers. There's going to be roofers there for like two months. So not recording there. Nothing quiet about that place right now. Well, and we've been trying to get Jenny sound better. Yes. Like she had it really dialed in at her old home. But now that she's moved, we got to dial it in a little bit. Yeah, I got to. So I think this is probably the right setup. I just have to like set it up in a sane way because right now it looks look like an insane person (laughs) i'm telling her just bring a bunch of pillows and put them all around you and she's like i don't have anything to put them on yeah yeah that could be a problem it's not this isn't like a bedroom it's it's an art studio so there's not a ton of like furniture right true all right jen so we are talking about little house on the prairie season five is it episode 24 Yes, this is the season finale. Episode 24, The Odyssey. A strange choice for the finale. A, a strange choice for the finale. Strange name for it. Like, I no, get it what isn't. referencing, but I don't know. I feel like Mortal Mission, which is in my top three of all time, right. probably should have been the finale. Yes, yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. Yeah, this kind of like, I don't know. Let you off on a weird note. Like, this should have been before Mortal Mission. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So, Jen, read the description for us of the Odyssey. Oh, well, now you made me take it off the screen, so now I don't oh, know where it Jesus is. Jesus Christ, guys. And then I have my reading glasses on. My computer's far away from me. Okay, hold on. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the description reads, a 12-year-old boy named Dylan has leukemia and has only been given a few weeks to live. His only dream is to see the Pacific Ocean, and when his overprotective mothers too afraid to take him in laura and albert decide to help get him there okay i have a few thoughts high level okay i loved this episode because there is a moody teenage boy sitting in the woods painting dreaming of the ocean and reciting homer i'm there for it this is my teenage dream boy okay all right he's not great looking no he's not he had this, like, was that a mustache? <laughs> he was growing a mustache, 100%. Number two, I'm going to give the writers a note here. Okay. When you introduce a rando, you can't introduce an assumed relationship with Albert and Laura. 
No. Give us... We don't buy it. Give us one scene of them in school together. Yeah. Give us one scene of them walking home from school together. Something. Yeah. Don't just Anything. make it like we're going to drop in media res. Like we're just going to drop in and they're already best friends. Right. We need something, guys. Okay. All right. Are you comfortable, Jenny? I think so. Does it sound okay? You, you sound fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't have my thing set up yet, so it's not exactly... I wouldn't call it comfortable. All right, but you're going to be done moving. Like, you're done shifting around. Why? Am I shifting a lot? Yes. Okay. And yeah, I, hear, I hear your paper, and I want to just come it. through the fucking screen. Okay. <laughs> we open on a young boy telling the story of the Odyssey. I have an index card. All right. Are we ready for Amy's index card? Oh, God, this is going to suck. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> All right, so The Odyssey, an epic poem in 24 books, traditionally attributed to the ancient Greek poet Homer. The poem is the story of Odysseus, king of Ithaca, who wanders for 10 years, although the action of the poem only covers the, the final six weeks, trying to get home after the Trojan War. On his return, he is recognized only by his faithful dog and a nurse. With the help of his son, Odysseus destroys the insistent suitors of his faithful wife, Penelope, Mm -hmm. and several of her maids who have fraternized with the suitors and reestablishes himself in his kingdom. So Homer is believed to have written the Iliad and the Odyssey, although scholars have now cast some doubt on the fact that the Iliad and the Odyssey are um, authored by the same person. It's, really? Yep. It's one of the oldest surviving texts still read by a modern audience. It was written in 8th century BCE. Now I have a question for you. What's BCE? Okay. I forget. It's Latin words. Okay. Because I know BC. Yeah. But what's BCE? It's the same idea. It's just... Okay. I don't think... The BC, I don't think, ever stood for before Christ. I thought it always stood for, like, before Christianity. No. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so some people believe that the Iliad and the Odyssey were written separately and that they merged over time through oral tradition. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, have you read the Odyssey? I've read pieces of the Odyssey through school over the years, but not, I've never like sat down and read it. I read it and the Iliad, it's, it's wonderful. It's a difficult read. It's a very long read. Um, the translation was done a very long time ago, so it's translated into that old English. I think there's probably a more modern version, but I'm not really sure. Um, it's amazing. I loved it. We've read versions of it to the kids through the years, especially since I have a Penelope. We've done that for quite a while. Um, highly recommend. My favorite ancient text is Beowulf. I love Beowulf. Mm-hmm. All right, Jen. So... This dude is hanging out with Albert and Laura. Can I just say, when I watched this, I was context switching like a motherfucker. (laughs) I was like, working, watch some Little House, take notes, working, do the laundry, eat, working, watch some Little House. Like, I was like, putting it through. Jenny, I have a tech question for you. You just used another tech term, context switching. Oh, yeah, we use that all All right, so I have another question for you. I'm trying to think of the term, term that you used. To explain, you said to me, don't change the whole system because of a blank case. Is it a risk case? Edge case. Edge case. 
Educate. Can you explain yeah. that for our listeners? So when you have a user using technology, there's like the the main critical user journeys, right? So like if you're on an iPhone, a critical user journey would be I want to make a phone call, right, to somebody in my contacts, or I want to make a phone call to like a, a number I have to dial that's not my contact. Those are critical user journeys. I want to open Safari. I want to search the web. Okay. I Going want to download far, an app. Too far down the okay. rabbit hole. Okay. Um, an edge case would be like if someone's doing something super weird with their phone that like most people aren't doing. Okay. So like I would like say I wanted to record a podcast on my phone. Well, that's probably not an edge case. I don't know. Like if you're doing something totally weird with it, like you're you're using it as like a headlamp. Right, right, right. <laughs> like the okay. flat, you know what I mean? Like it's so you have to account for edge cases and how people might use it, but you a lot of times like you're not gonna prioritize those or put a lot of money behind those or whatever, like as long as it works good enough. Okay, I need to to remember that because I was trying to use it at work. Yeah. And I was calling it a risk case. Just think of it as like (laughs) the rule, like most people using something, this is the rule of how they use it and this is the exception to the rule. Like just think of it that way. Okay. All right. That's been Tech Corner with Jenny. Okay. Okay. No, that's not. No. No, not a thing. I, so, this is this is my break from that. So this dude, Dylan, <laughs> is sitting in the woods reciting the Odyssey and dreaming about seeing the Pacific Ocean. So he's my, again, teenage dream boy. He's painting the California coastline, and it looks pretty amazing. He's a decent painter, and I have to say, like, what is he using for reference? Jenny, what's his medium? Is he using oils it, or watercolor? That, it looks like oil paint. It's definitely not watercolor. Okay. And so, there wouldn't have been acrylics at this time, I don't think. So it's got to be oil. It's, it's It looks like oil. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what his reference is either. He's painting yeah. it from his mind. Maybe but he his, never saw it. But maybe his dad showed him something of it or sketched it. There must it. have been. But even if there was, there could have been a photograph at this time, but it, it wouldn't have handled motion well, so it would have been very blurry. Yeah. There could be drawings of it. He could have seen a painting of it. He could have seen a painting of it. Yeah, he could have. It, you know, Walnut Grove, the cultural But like to do all those paintings that Minnesota. he did and like... He, it, he clearly understands how it works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how the currents work and how the water would look and like, you know. Yeah. And he has no reference for that. So that's... Okay. I don't know if I All believe right. that. Okay. okay. So back at home, he's painting another seascape that his mother calls Moody. You know <laughs> how I feel about this because there's nothing more I love than a moody sky over a moody sea. And I'm here for it. Guys, on my Instagram, like my personal Instagram that I don't let anyone see... I'm constantly taking pictures of cloudy skies and just saying, I love moody weather. I love moody skies. You move to Seattle. Yeah, I know. All right. So their whole cabin is filled with seascapes. And then Dylan has a dramatic nosebleed. Yes. Well, do, can we talk about how his mom was making hot chocolate? His mom was making hot chocolate. How, like, fucking delicious. Finally, somebody making a delicious nighttime snack. I know. I know. Do you want to hear something cute? It'll probably make you gag, but I thought it was cute. My in-laws guys have been married for like 58 years. And the other day oh, I was... Oh my God. I know. The other day I was talking to my mother-in-law. My father-in-law's sick and he's going through some stuff right now and he's really cold. And she's like, I made him a, a cup of hot cocoa with some marshmallows in it. I thought that was cute. Okay. <laughs> right. Jenny, what would it take for you to make somebody a cup of hot cocoa with some marshmallows in it? Depends on who that person is. Okay. Like, am I doing it for you? What if it's, let's bring our, our buddy back, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I would 100% make 
<laughs> a cup of hot cocoa with marshmallows for Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, if you're out there, I got you. All right. So the th- this is the third nosebleed this week. And the mother's like, we better go see Doc Baker. And I just wrote, Dylan's oh, dead. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Death watch. So the dad, we, we learn later that the dad has died from something. We don't I want, I, I'm going to assume it's leukemia. Maybe. Maybe. Because isn't that hereditary? I think it can be. I had dinner last night with a woman whose daughter, four-year-old daughter, had leukemia. And she was saying that they think it was in the family on the father's side and that it could have been hereditary. So I think it could be. I'm, Does she have... I don't know a lot about leukemia, guys. I'm just... Well, yeah. there's two... Isn't there two kinds? There's the... Um... Acute and then... Acute and the chronic. Chronic, yeah. And chronic you, you can live with. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, I'm assuming, is the acute kind. And I didn't think the acute was hereditary. But I don't know. I'm going to pause right here and get this right, because this is serious shit. So let's pause. Okay. This is according to Healthline, so I don't know how great that is, but... Mm, try again. Leukemia is caused by mutations in the DNA of your blood cells. Yada, yada, yada. Sounds. The mutations are genetic, but usually not hereditary. This oh. means that while leukemia is caused by mutations in your genes, these genetic abnormalities aren't often inherited from your family. This oh. is called an acquired gene mutation. It's not always known what causes these mutations. You may be genetically predisposed to developing leukemia. But okay. lifestyle risk factors such as cigarette smoking can also make you more likely to develop leukemia. Boy, what doesn't cigarette smoking make you susceptible to? My God. Um, other environmental factors such as exposure to certain chemicals and radiation could also be behind the DNA abnormalities that cause leukemia. So it sounds like you can be, the the fact that you can be, you can inherit the ability to be pre, what is the word here? Disposed predisposed to the genetic mutation but you don't necessarily inherit the the leukemia yeah Yeah. okay that makes sense so now we see him at doc baker's and he's getting examined and doc baker asks his mother whose name is mrs whitaker if dylan leads an active life well he kind of implies he doesn't he's like that dude doesn't do much does he i mean he's like a teenager yeah it was in the the 1800s i mean you just were active to live. It was some shade by dickbag Doc Baker. It's not like he had seamless or Grubhub delivery. <laughs> it's not like Jenny ordering Grubhub from down the block when she's so hungover she can't get out of bed. I walked over and picked it up today. Okay, good for you. All right, so the mother's like, yeah, you know what? He has been sick a lot, like the last six months. And Doc Baker says, his symptoms and... His blood samples. Doc Whoa, Baker's all about this whole lab. blood now. He's got a lab going. Mm-hmm. They tend to point to a specific disease. He says it used to be diagnosed as rheumatic fever, but it's not. And Doc says he walks over to her real creepy and he puts his hand right on her shoulder. Guys, if you're telling me my kid is sick, don't touch me. Don't touch me if you're <laughs> wow. delivering any kind of bad news to me. Okay, like, that's random. Just don't touch me. Doc says Dylan has leukemia and he needs to rest. Here's why I thought maybe the father died of leukemia, because she seems to understand what she that means. She seems to know what it is. I agree. And I feel like if, if if this was a time, and again, we did zero research on leukemia. I don't know. We probably Where's should Where's your index card on Don't this? worry about that. Okay. So 
I feel like at this time, like if they're like, it used to be rheumatic fever, now it's leukemia. Like it seems like they are just starting to understand it. Like would the common yeah. person know what that means? Probably not, right? Unless she already well, had experience she, with it. She immediately leapt to how long does he have? So she also knows it's fatal. Yeah. So she knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Doc says Dylan may have six weeks or he may have six months. Dude, you're asking Doc Baker? Or six days. Because it seems like he was, As like, we dying see that happens. Them. Yes. Yeah. Guess who was crying, Jen? The mother? Me. Oh. This really Dumbass. hit me. This really hit me. I was crying. Now Dylan comes in and he says he wants to get back to his painting. And back at home, Dylan is confused as to why he has to stay outside. Or inside, I'm sorry. He wants to go outside and brood in the woods and paint the ocean. And the mom lies and she's like, look, Doc Baker just said you need to take it easy for a bit. Jenny, let the kid go outside. What is she doing? I don't understand because it's it's also really funny that he's outside like in the woods. Like, you know, usually if you go outside in the woods and you paint, you're painting from nature. Like you're painting the thing in front of you. And he's like painting the ocean in the middle of the woods. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny. So the mother snaps at him and he pushes back and he's like, what's wrong? And then he says, if I'm so sick, why don't I have medicine? Yep. And she's like, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, she doesn't know what to say to this. Gen X pro tip. Ooh, okay. If you don't get meds for your illness, you're either fine or you're going to (laughs) die. Wow, okay. All right. Right? Your your doctor's either like, you don't need medicine, like, you're fine. Or there's no medicine that can help you. Yeah, because especially, like, in today's world, they'll just throw any medicine at you. I know. If if it's something, you know. Yeah, if they don't give you a pill bottle, then you're screwed. I'd be worried. You're either going to be fine or dead. So if the doctor kicks you out to give your parent the diagnosis, you're dead. Yep. And if there's no medicine, you're dead. Yep. Okay. So we're no, gonna have, you're either fine or dead. We're going to have a lot of paranoid people at their next doctor's visit. <laughs> like, you're either totally fine or you're dead yes. if they don't give you medicine. Mm-hmm. So he asks if he's going to get better, and the mother finally says no. And he hugs her, and she's sobbing. I felt for this mother in this moment. This yeah, this totally. really was intense. I was sobbing. I was it, it was bad at my house. But it, but like he's comforting her, and he's the one dying. Okay. So the next day, Jim, we see Dylan outside, and Albert and Laura are with him, and we don't know how they know him again. So you know, whatever. We just assume this friendship exists. Dylan confides in them that he's going to go see the ocean. Tonight. Get ready, because I'm flipping my page. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because, of course, yeah. you take and notes Al- Albert's on the And imme- Albert's immediately all over this. Yes, he is. Jenny, Albert says he's going to go because he has experience with this kind of thing. Albert knows how to travel and, like, make his way around places. He knows how to do this. Albert is rising to the top as my favorite character. Favorite kid character. Favorite kid character. Albert the bastard, man. He Mm -hmm. he knows how to manage this kind of project. He really does. He's kind of awesome. So Albert's like, look, Laura, I'm going to sneak out once the parents are asleep. Just don't let them know. Well, the best is, I'm like, there's no way Laura is going to resist this adventure. There's no no way. way. No way. No way. I was super excited because this parallels my own desire to get to the Pacific Ocean, which was decades long. And I was yes, very was. happy to finally go at 39 years old. 
I saw the Pacific, I think I was like 21. I The first time I saw New York City, I was 21. And we lived two hours from it. Oh, no, I was like 17 can, or 18. Can I bash mom and dad? They don't listen to this, right? Yeah, because all of the all of the traveling I've done, everything I've seen, has been on my own. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. Mom and dad, we lived two hours from New York City, never took us. Yeah. We went to Florida. I mean, Aim, I live here and I don't see them too often. That's true. <laughs> I mean, we went to Florida. And they we went to, to Ocean City, Maryland. Ocean City, Maryland. Yeah. That was it. But they didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, to be fair. But to be fair, we could drive to New York City. To be fair, you could have gone to New York City. Yeah, they could have taken us over to the Statue of Liberty. I've done this with my kids. It's like 10 or 12 bucks a ticket to get on the ferry to go over. Like they could have done for the price of one of those New Jersey vacations. We could have went to New York City just for the day and saw the Statue of Liberty and da-da-da-da-da. Um... But they didn't take us. And this is one thing, like, I'm really adamant about doing with my girls. Like, when I saw the Pacific Ocean for the first time, they did too. And they were nine. And I'm really Mm -hmm. proud of that. Like, I'm really proud that they saw the Pacific Ocean at nine years old. And I've taken them to New York. And I've taken them to D.C. And we're hopefully going to take them to Europe. So I really want them to see more than we saw. Yeah, like I'd love to take them to London and then go to the Louvre, take the train down to Paris. It's two mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like, I, you know, that was my big thing is the Louvre. And I didn't see the Louvre till I was, I don't know, 51, 52. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. The next morning. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. In the drama barn. I almost missed Paw. Jesus. In the drama barn, Paw's crafting a gift for Carrie. Yes, Jenny. I have my hand raised. Yes. Um. Why? How old is Carrie at this point? Pa's making a wood puzzle for like a three-year-old. Right? Is it a wood puzzle or is it a wooden yes. horse? No, it's a wood puzzle. It has like Big five pieces. pieces. Right. It has like five pieces. It's like an animal. And Carrie reads later. So she's got to be like seven. And it's like it's like she probably would be playing with Duplo blocks yeah. instead of Legos. <laughs> yeah. Like why is he making a toddler gift? Yep. So Laura comes into the drama barn and she asks Pa, what would he do if he only had a few months to live? God, I love this man so much. He says he'd like to see all of his children grow up and have happy families of their own. And Laura's like, but what if you only had a month to live? Like, no, she goes, what if somebody only had a month to live and wanted something really, really bad? She's doing one of these hypotheticals to get permission to go to California. So I have that Laura has tricked Pa into ambient permission. Yes, she has. Yes, she has. <laughs> there's there's a, that we use ambient in technology when like it's not a specific thing that you ask for and get, but you kind of already mm-hmm. have it, mm-hmm. like access or something. It's ambient permission. Okay. He hasn't actually given her permission, but she's sussed it's out. It's close enough. She, <laughs> it's yeah, close enough. It. It's permission adjacent. Yeah. So Laura announces to Albert that she's going to, and he's like, oh, great, a girl's coming along. You knew Laura wasn't going to resist this, Albert. I know. So then Laura says she's going to write a note because, of course, she's an Ingalls girl and she's got to write a note. But she's going to stick it in Carrie's present. What the fuck, man? I don't know. This is so they find it later, I guess. This is so we can justify giving Carrie, you know, $1,000 a year, whatever they pay her. So the next morning, Carrie's awake. Super annoying because it's her birthday. Well, I love how Albert, though, when Laura's like, I'm going to put this note in Carrie. And he's like, don't leave a trail. What are you leaving a trail? <laughs> he gets really intense on this ride. <laughs> so 
Um, they wake up. Carrie wakes up. She's like, I want to open my gifts. I want to open my gifts. <laughs> and Carolyn's like, okay, take it down a notch, first of all. <laughs> but she's like, get your brother and sister. So they're yelling for Laura and Albert. They're not around. Pa's like, they're probably outside. I'll go find them. Carrie can't wait. I can't wait. This is Marissa. like what? This is Marissa. why. Younger kids always think that, oh, you know, they our parents had perfection after me. That's why they didn't have any more kids. No. After the first kid, they're like, this is a cinch. We'll have another. And then they have a kid that's like a psycho and is terrible and like so high maintenance that they're like, can't do this again. Oh, that's so, really is what, that happens. what happens. Okay. Not, yeah, that's that's really what not happens. what happened with us. That is what happened. No, mom and dad had you, and they're like, oops, we accidentally had a grouchy adult, and I really wanted a baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I was a very independent kid. I was like that kid on that movie, The Ring. (laughs) Yes. So she finds the letter. Carrie finds the letter, and she starts to read it, and Carolyn's like, uh, give me that, because she's like, we're headed to the Pacific Ocean. Carolyn's like, what? She rips it out of her hand. Cut to the trio making their way through the woods. And I'm like, what are they walking? Oh, oh, wait. Okay. The what plan other is. What do they have? The plan. I thought they were walking to California. Oh, God. No, that would take them like four years. So the plan <laughs> is they're going to hitch up with some weirdo and get a ride to the train station. Weirdo does not want to help, but Dylan has some kind of coughing fit. So he went from having almost no symptoms yep, to, to symptomatic overnight. He has a coughing fit, and the guy's like, okay, okay, I'll take you to the train. I'll take you to the train. Oh, I know, where, I know where your index card is, but go on. Why is Laura carrying a briefcase? It's his suitcase. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He needs a suitcase to run into the ocean and die. Oh, is that his paints? His paints are probably Oh, there. probably, yeah. Charles takes Laura's letter over to Mrs. Whittaker's, and they both stand there. Oh my god, this was guys, <laughs> this was incredible. They're standing there for a real long time trying to figure out where the kids have gone as they are literally <laughs> surrounded by 85 paintings of the Pacific Ocean. The visuals have, on this was amazing. I have they are literally there are literally 100 paintings of the ocean and they can't figure this out. <laughs> like, it was incredible. It's like, I don't know where do you think he went, guys. My question though, wouldn't the Atlantic be closer? From Minnesota? No. It's probably about equal. But I thought that they would have, since since Minnesota is so north, that they would have gone to Seattle or Portland because Minnesota is so far north. But they go to California. And I'm here for it. San Francisco. I'm here for it. San Francisco. Love it. Okay. It's easy to get there on train, probably. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So there's some bum getting kicked off a car by a real pissed off dude he kind of looks like a daniel stern from home alone like he's just real pissed off and the dude who brought the kids to the train causes a distraction so the kids are able to jump on okay are you ready for this yes i never saw home alone what (laughs) i never saw home alone what why would i watch that movie this is like, guys, I had a conversation with one of my friends at work the other day, an English professor who I love to death, and we're talking movies, and he has never seen Dead Poet Society. I mean. An English professor. Yeah, that's true. That's weird. I was like, dude, you have to see it. Jenny, Home Alone? That, that really? would be like a ceramicist not seeing Ghost. I guess so. Or sculptor not seeing Rodin. 
I didn't see Red or Camille Claudel. Camille Claudel. That was the name of the yeah. movie. Um, okay, so I'm very excited at this point, guys, because it has finally occurred to me that we're going to see California. Well, can I tell you that, like, that whole scheme that Albert put together, like, he's a boss. He's a total boss. Okay, so they're on the ocean. Or they're on the train. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, wow, that was quick. Charles arrives at the train station. He's asking the conductor if the kids are there. He's like, no. But the weird dude overhears this, and he approaches Charles, and he's like, they're on the train. It stops in Caldwell. You might be able to catch it. And Pa's like, I need a racehorse. Because what is Pa doing? He's going looking in, for Laura. He's He is. And he's trying. He's searching for hero mode. He's like, I need he's, to get he, into hero he mode. He needs to get into hero mode. Mm-hmm. So on the train, Dylan is weak and Laura and Albert are worried. And I wrote, if this kid doesn't make it to the ocean, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> This kid needs to make it to the ocean. <laughs> so some lunatic just randomly jumps on the train. You know who he looks like? Adrian Brody. That's an insult to Adrian Brody because Adrian Brody's quite handsome. He is, but that's what this dude looks like. But go He on. looks like a coked up Scott Bayo. <laughs> I got into a fight in one of the Gen X groups about Scott Bayo again. It was, <laughs> no. it was rough. Okay. So <laughs> coked up Scott Bayo jumps on. And he just hops on the train and he steals their lunch. Yeah, and Albert's pissed. Albert was going to fight this guy. And then after he eats their lunch, the dude tries to steal the rest of it. And I wrote, this is like a slow motion robbery. Like, it's a robbery that's happening over a couple hours. I know. Like, what the hell? (laughs) So when they refuse, coked up Scott Bayo grabs Albert, tries to throw him off the train. Laura runs up behind them and just, knocks him right off. (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah, that was great. So the train arrives in Caldwell, and the kids are all sleeping, and all of a sudden, Dylan is really sick. Albert decides he's going to hop off the train to hustle an old man out of some water. Can I just tell you, though, what you missed was Paul. There was a shot of Paul riding the horse. Okay, wait a minute. I didn't see that shot because I wanted to see Paul riding the horse. There's Well, okay, d- define what you mean by seeing Paul ride the horse, because there was a man riding a horse <laughs> that was supposed to be Charles oh. that was so clearly not... Like, do they even try to get stunt doubles that look like the actors? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so Albert ends up getting swindled and has to trade his hat and shit for a cup of water. The conductor catches them. It's the the angry Daniel Stern. He catches them and kicks them off the train. And apparently, Jen, this, like, hitching rides on trains was a thing. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Like, this guy's job is to just look and make sure no one's on the boxcar. Yep. Okay. They get ushered off, and Charles arrives a few minutes later, and they're gone. But he, he immediately finds them. Like, no suspense, he finds them. Okay. Right. Paul wants to take them home. He's like, all right, motherfuckers, you're coming home with me. And Dylan's like, I'm not going. Not happening. So Laura begs Pa to let them go, but he says no. And Dylan says, look, I might die sooner this way, but I'd rather be out here doing what's important to me than lying in a bed and waiting. And I'm thinking, he's absolutely right. And and Pa's like, it's this is too crazy. And that's coming from somebody who hung out with Edwards. That's true. It's true. Is that residual trauma from Edwards? <laughs> so Dylan's like, it's my life. It's my choice. I need to do this my way. And Charles gives in, but Jenny doesn't have any money because he spent it all on the racehorse. Well, like, he's standing there. There's this shot. And, like, Michael Landon's hair is getting pretty big at this point in time. Yeah. It's getting, like, it's turning into 80s hair. It is. I'm 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 trying to pretend that's not happening, but it is. So Charles 
is now part of this. And they're going to jump on the boxcar together. And I wrote, oh this God. is another hot version of Paul that I'm here for. Hopping trains to head to the Pacific Ocean. Well, I'm like, is he going to just take his time off of work? And I'm like, he's working on his part-time job, which is looking for Laura. <laughs> <laughs> so the train is going full steam. And Albert and Dylan are awake. Dylan's hungry. And Albert's like, I'll go steal some shit. He climbs yep. on top of the train. And starts walking across the cars. <laughs> then he gets into the car and he gets a ton of food from the dude who's selling it. And when he's like, okay, now you owe me a dollar and eight cents. Albert's like, oh, look over there. The dude looks and Albert runs. Now, Jen. Well, he says my aunt's going to pay. She's down there. Right. And then he yells, crime doesn't pay. And he runs out. That was stupid. He should have said, my aunt is in the next car, seat 3A. Go get the money from her and then just left quietly. Now, you're on a train, guys. It's not like you're in a big <laughs> crowd and you could just hide. You are on you are in a contained They're gonna space. Find you. Yeah, They're gonna, gonna find, find you. you. Jesus Christ. Okay, so Charles is pissed when Albert gets back with all this. Well, food. and I just have that Albert the Bastard's coming in hot and he has a tail. <laughs> <laughs> so of course angry Daniel Stern finds them now. And in what is an epic move, <laughs> the conductor tries to get them off the train. Charles beats the shit out of him. He kicks his ass with his own, and he almost hits him with his own baton. Charles has him on the ground. The dude is bleeding. And he's like, look, motherfucker, you're not going to stop us. I'm getting this sick kid to the fucking ocean and fuck everyone. And I'm like, this is probably the second or third hottest moment of Charles I've ever seen. <laughs> I just have. Amy will love this. <laughs> I loved it so much. So dude is like, okay, okay, okay. And he just leaves like all beat up. Oh, and then Charles is like, and I'm going to pay the conductor that dollar eight that we owe him. And Timmy's gone to me. He's not going to pay for the fare for the train. He's just going to no. pay for the food. Okay. Yeah. All right. They wouldn't be in this situation if he had the money to pay for the fare. And the kids are all just sitting there like, whoa, what just happened? Well, like, how awkward. Now they're all, like, on the same train. Like, they have to ride on the train with this guy that beat him up. It's fantastic. All right. In the middle of the night, Dylan wakes up coughing with the nosebleed. And Laura says, they're close. And Dee's like, or Dylan's like, this is crazy. I don't even know if I can make it. And the kids are like, fuck, yes, you can. We've never seen the ocean either. And now we're invested. And he's like, okay, I have a better team than Odysseus did. And he made it. Okay, nice way to throw Odysseus under the bus, I guess. Later, it's morning and everyone is sleeping except Charles, who hears the bells ringing. They're in San Francisco, Jen! They're in San Francisco. They go to a mission for some soup. So you know the the mission, the mission because I guess the missionary was like you, where you could go and yeah. you didn't have food or yeah. a place to stay. They have um, this thing called Mission Burritos now. Like, there's... I don't know if it was like a single place that had these burritos, but they're like around that area now. And they're, we call them baby Jesus burritos because they're like, they're like swatted, like a small swat of baby. Like that's swaddled, how they are. Jenny, swaddled. Swaddled. Yes. Swaddled. Yes. Um, that sounds delicious. They're delicious. Okay. All right. Charles hears some dude in a coach say he's heading to the East Coast or to the coast. I'm sorry. And Charles asks if they can ride along and the dude agrees. I have an index card. <laughs> Thank you. Who is this handsome newspaper man? He's pretty handsome, right? He looks like Cumberbatch. He looks like a... Benedict Cumberbatch? Kind of. Kind of. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, he looks like somebody else more, though, and I can't think of who. Yeah, he's handsome. Yeah. I mean, he's no Paul, but he's handsome. So he says he's William Harris. So it's likely that he's William Greer Harrison. No, Jenny, they say who he is at the end. Who? William Hurst. No, he's not William Hurst. Yes, he is. They say that. No, they don't. Yes, they do. He asks if he could have Dylan's story for his newspaper. Yeah. And then uh, Charles says, thank you, Mr. Hurst. I thought I said Harrison. No. Oh, then forget my index. <laughs> I thought he was William Greer Harrison. Was Hurst in? No, I have the wrong index card then. Oh, this Harrison. is epic. Epic. Do you want to tell us about was... William Harrison? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I thought this guy was William Greer Harrison. He would have been about four, in his 40s at this point. He managed the uh, Thames Mercy Marine Insurance Company from 1879, and then he made numerous attempts at a literary career as a poet, a playwright, and finally as a writer of factual travel literature. Yeah. No, not him. He was best known for his involvement in the Bohemian Club, a private club with two locations in San Francisco, one in San Francisco, one in Sonoma, which was a regular meeting place of journalists, artists, musicians, and eventually businessmen. In 1895, William Greer Harrison was the source of an alleged conversation with Dr. Howard in the Bohemian Club linking the 1888 Jack the Ripper murders in London to an unnamed London physician. Oh, interesting. Okay, but it wasn't him. Interesting, but pointless. Well, you're lucky that I did research for this episode. There is a random fact for y'all. Random fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> has nothing to do with this episode. So they arrive at the ocean, and it's beautiful. And the dude that, you know what it was, Jenny? You were doing too much context switching. I was. Yes. Well, and I, I'm not, I don't have a closed caption on, so oh. I didn't see it. I just heard it. Okay, well. The dude they rode with wants to use Dylan's story for his newspaper and says he'll pay him for it. It's William Hurst. And I wrote, of course it is. So Pa carries him, Pa Pa agrees to this. Like, yeah, okay, give me some money. Because Hurst is like, you know, you got to pay for your way home, dude. So Charles is like, all right, I'll take it. So then we see Pa carrying Dylan down on the beach. I love it so much. Dylan is like, it's just like we pictured. And there we see, of course, 1980s uh, Pacific Coast for all of our viewers. So he says, it's just like I pictured. It runs right into the sky and it doesn't have an end. Then he walks creepily towards the ocean, turns around, thanks them all for coming, and walks into the water. Then he starts running. And he's wearing his shoes. And I wrote... Is he a psychopath who wears their shoes into the ocean? Well, and I thought he was going to just walk into the ocean and die because, like, get prepared for that because that's how I'm going. So did I. And, Jenny, Timmy pipes up at this moment, okay, because they showed showed his feet a lot. (laughs) Timmy pipes up and he goes, oh, my gosh, there are going to be two sets of footprints. And I said, I said, (laughs) if there are two sets of footprints, I'm shutting down the podcast and never continuing. I'm I'm done. I'm done forever. And I'll never watch another episode. (laughs) (laughs) I just have everyone has moved to tears. End of season five. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's the end. Jenny, what'd you think? I, I agree with you. I feel like. The other episode, which was called Mortal Mission, would have been a better, like, finale. Yeah. It was more finale material. Like, this was okay, but it was not finale material. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. Usually Pa has some kind of meltdown in the finale. Yes. Or somebody is almost dies. You know, Doc Baker had a meltdown in Mortal well, Mission. Yeah, Dylan almost dies? Dylan, I don't know. They don't tell us. Like, does Dylan I go mean, back home? I, I took I it as he was running into die. the ocean and dying. Yeah, that's probably what he's And guys, doing. for those of you wondering, like, what's going on with his poor mother... The, the narrative throughout that I forgot to mention is Dylan does not want his mother to sit and watch him die because she right. had to do that with the father. Right. Okay. All right, Jenny. So whose fault is this? This is Doc Baker's fault. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I I'm there know. for it. <laughs> um, whose fault is I this? I feel like this is a little bit of the mother's fault. Yeah, like, I, I feel agree. like she should have been like, let's go to the ocean. Yeah. I mean, people do this with their dogs. If your dog is going to die, see them take the dog to the ocean and let them see the the water and stuff. On Instagram, people do it. Who's doing that? I don't know. Who's granting their dog's last wish? How do you even know your dog's last wish? I know, but people do it. This is my point. Like, do it with your kids, guys. What are you doing? Let this kid be who he is. I mean, maybe she didn't have the means to, and I don't think she'd be hopping on trains. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, take up a know. collection. Have the church take up a collection. They yes. would have done that. Yes, they would have done that 100%. 100%. Harriet would have sponsored it. As long no, as they wore t-shirts it. that said Harriet Olsen <laughs> sponsored this trip. <laughs> or or agreed to put Harriet Olsen's name on his tombstone. There they, you go. They would have been with that. All right. So, Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson or something we took from the original airing or on the rewatch we call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this may be why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So I have two. The one I kind of already touched on, which is if there's a place you want to see, don't wait for a perfect time to do that. Don't think you have to save up tons of money to do it. Just go. Like traveling's not, it could be very expensive, but you can also find pretty inexpensive ways to do it. Well, it could be very expensive if you're somebody who like, you know, won't stay in a crappy hotel or, you know what I mean? It all depends. Or, That's all relative, like a right? hostel. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, like, even if you have to, you know, do it, you know, a lot of people won't travel real far because they think they need to stay, like, a week or two weeks to make it worth it. Like, not really. Go for a few days. I'm, see I'm telling you, when Timmy and I went to Cape Cod on that whale watching thing, we only went for a long weekend. It remains one of my favorite vacations I've ever taken because wow. it was just... It was post-COVID. Like, it was the surrounding, the, the like, feelings surrounding the trip. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was, like, mm-hmm. it was just wonderful. So, I agree just, with you. It could be anything. Yeah, and, like, even if, if you can't, say your dream is to see, you know, the Taj Mahal. Like, that's a long, difficult trip. Mm-hmm. From If you're in, you know, Europe or America or Canada. But, you know, like, just travel. Go see stuff. Go see the world. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe do some short trips and see other things and, and build up to that. But right. Like, I, I, I love to travel. I travel all the time. The pandemic has been killing me because yeah. I haven't been able to travel. But if you notice, I'm, like, all over the place within car distance. Yes. <laughs> My kids really want to travel. Like, they have the bug. Samantha does anyway. She really, every, almost every month they are asking me when they're going to Europe. They're super well, if excited. Any, if anything good came out of the pandemic, it, it forced me, well, one of my friends got a car, which none of us had cars before, 
and it forced us to kind of like do shorter trips around the area and like mm-hmm. like I, I think i talked about being in salem mm-hmm. that was awesome i i never went well, there that's and your homecoming jenny that's your touchstone i know that is like my place <laughs> <laughs> but like we've gone to a couple cool places that i probably wouldn't have gone to yeah you went to you governor's know? island I went to Governor's Island. I camped on Governor's Island in New York City, which was super cool if you have a chance to do it. Yeah. When I say camp, I mean Glam. luxury campground yeah. Yeah. where there's real beds and there's showers and there's yeah. a bar and a restaurant. I need to do that. It's fun. I feel it's, like. I highly recommend it. There's it's a fun. place in Maine that is kind of like that that I want to do. That's well, right this on the company, coast. they're called Collective Retreats. They do Governor's Island. They do Yellowstone Park. I think the hill, somewhere in the hills of North Carolina, I think they do. And then they do Hudson Valley, like upstate a little bit. They just do a really good job. It's really nice. Cool. Jenny, what's your other why? Is that it? My other why is, I think this is why things like Make-A-Wish Foundation started. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like that was a big thing. It still is. But like we were more aware of it, I think, when we were younger. Like that, you know, these kids got these. I think it's a great organization. A really cool thing to do so they could have handled this for the mother right they could have handled it for the mother i remember when i was a senior in high school one of my very good friends died of leukemia and she was a -a make-a-wish kid and i think that like and this is very common with kids i think her wish was disney world Mm -hmm. and they went like that's a pretty common thing which is really cool if you have a young kid Mm -hmm. um you know who wants to see disney world but yeah organizations like that Always really worth your donations if you can pull it off. Um, Jenny, I have... This is why I think I became so obsessed with the Pacific Ocean as a child. Oh, really? Um, I'm just obsessed with the ocean. And I remember that when I was a freshman in high school, like maybe... Because I remembered this episode. So maybe this was in my subconscious, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um. When I was a freshman in high school, I read an article about a beach in Oregon where local glassmakers make like marbles and stuff and they put them all in the sand. And then there's a week long festival where people can go and find them. And I was obsessed with this idea. And I wanted so badly to go to Oregon and to find these marbles. Were in they the making sand. them out of sea glass, I hope? Yes. Okay. And I wanted so badly to go there and to find this. I don't even know if they still do it. I just read about this when I was a freshman in high school. And I decided, like, right then and there that I was going to live in Oregon when I graduated high school. And that never happened. (laughs) And I think, like, I've always became so obsessed with it. Like, it because it was just something I always wanted and wasn't able to do. And I don't know why I'm particularly obsessed with the Pacific because... We only live two hours away from the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, you can get to the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And then I have, either way, the ocean is a magical place that everyone needs to see, and I'm so lucky to live two hours from it. Yeah. Because Yeah, the are. ocean's, that's my nature. That's the nature I like. Me too. I'm obsessed with it. Like, I just. Like the woods, not so much. I don't even necessarily need to go in the ocean. I just like to sit and stare at it. We took That's a trip it. to Florida before the whole pandemic thing went down with our with our whole family. We did? Amy, oh, was it? Yes. That wasn't your favorite trip, Amy? That was a good trip. But no, we went it wasn't to, my favorite. What was it? Anna Maria yeah. Island? Yeah. In in uh in Florida. And that like that the Gulf of Mexico is my ocean. Like I love that. Yeah. I, I was in it like eight hours a day. Like it's just warm. It's Yes. Beautiful. I will go in water like that, but 
when I like the Caribbean, I like the Mediterranean, I like the Gulf of Mexico. That's the kind of water. Like I, I'm just too cold. It's too cold for me to go in the ocean up here. When I stare at the ocean, I think about everything that has occurred on the ocean in the centuries before our lifetime. What about if you turned around and looked at the beach? Wouldn't you think the same thing? No, not really. But it's the same thing. The ocean is timeless. The beach <laughs> changes with time. Yeah, that's true. The ocean is timeless. And I'm particularly obsessed with the New England culture around the ocean. I don't know why. A lot of I writers know, like, I like lived up there. and Having moved to a place that has like a long history... I mean, not that Scranton doesn't or, but like New York has a lot, like, like even being on Governor's Island, like really long history. Like it was New Amsterdam Mm -hmm, before it was mm -hmm. New York. Like it was, you know, like Native American tribes before that. And there's just so much history there. Like it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Scranton has a super depressing history. (laughs) A little bit. Like, Oh. oh, here's the entrance to the mines where your grandfathers worked themselves to death. Well, hmm. but Scranton had, like, its its golden era has was in the 20s, to turn of the century, 20s? Yeah. Yep, probably but around It's, it's just interesting. Yeah. So anyway, guys, uh, our takeaway here, go see the goddamn ocean, if you can, if you haven't already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how you can smell it before you get to it. Oh, yeah. Yep. There's a and great um, Anthony Bourdain episode. If you... Oh, love him. If you ever saw Parts Unknown, I want to say it's season six, there's a New Jersey episode, and I show it to all my students because I teach in the Northeast, and we primarily get most of our students from New York and New Jersey, so they're familiar with New Jersey, where he talks about going down the shore as a kid, and if you have lived that lifestyle, I highly recommend this episode. It's so great, but he talks about that, like they would hit the bridge, and they would all put their windows down because that's when you would smell it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because New York is a coastal town. Yeah, but nobody thinks of it that way. It, But it is, it right? Is. It's so super weird. So the neighborhood I'm in now, not so much, but my old neighborhood, I was like on the East River. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like certain parts of the neighborhood, you'd smell the ocean. It, it wasn't all the time, but like sometimes you'd smell it. And actually when I was on Governor's Island, you could you could smell the seawater. Yeah. And it's like you forget and you're like, oh my God, and there's seagulls. And you're like, yeah, we're... This is, I mean, it's New York Harbor, but it's the ocean. Remember that night I got drunk and begged you to take me down to the East River just so I could look at water and you refused? Yeah, because that was stupid. Okay. All right, guys. So, Jenny, why don't you tell us what we have coming up next? We're going into season Season six six. and we know who comes back. Season six. Who comes back, Jen? Who comes back? Ride or die. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Okay, so... We're doing Season 6, Episode 1, Back to School, Part 1. As the new school year begins, Nellie receives a shocking graduation present from her mother. Carolyn takes a job at the restaurant when Charles is injured and unable to work. Okay, so the gift is the restaurant. That's full of spoilers there. Nellie gets Nellie's restaurant for her graduation gift. So this is when I think I know... Almanzo and Eliza Jane are introduced in this episode. They are? Yes. Is Ride or Die back? Not yet, I don't think. When is that happening? I don't know. Nope. Episode 8 of season 6. The, the, the name of its third turn of Mr. Edwards. 
But wait, Jenny, I think that he's in that, and then he doesn't come back again until season eight. No. Yeah. Yep. After the series ended, he returned to Little House. French was surprised when Michael Landon agreed to his returning as Edwards. This is his first episode as Edwards, season eight of season, episode eight of season six, then in episode eight of season eight, then taking up the role again full time in season 19 of episode or episode 19 of season eight. It's like, oh, my God. Do you is there season 19? What? So they tease us. Oh, no. Oh, God. Motherfucker. Jesus I thought we were there Christ. finally. I thought so, too. So this is just going to go. This is the song that doesn't end. <laughs> it goes on and on, my friend. All right, Jenny. Um, Anything else? No, I think I'm good. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Again, if you enjoy what you hear, think about um, supporting us on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com and you can search Gen X This Is Why. Also, you can join us on Facebook in the Mimi Bees and um, on Instagram at Gen X This Is Why and all of this is in the show notes for you or you can go to our website GenXThisIsWhy.com Alright, thanks for listening. See you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.